Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are in the house. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDKA. All right, here we go, folks. Doug and Jess ready to go. The Organic Garden. You have a gardening question, you know the drill. 866-391-1020. And the 10th caller right now wins a incredible $25 gift certificate. Oh, so much you could get at Sorgles Orchard out in Wexford on Brand School Road. So here is the number for that, 412-922-1020. And remember, you can always text Doug and Jess at that same number, 866-391-1020. For Dollar Bank Instant Access, KDK.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser. Good morning. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from the Tribune Review and EverybodyGardens.com. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser. All right. Welcome to another day of another winter. Another day of winter. Ugh. <laughs> February is always the toughest month, I tell you. Yeah. I mean, the, the benefit is we can start to start start to uh, garden a little bit and then we can start some seeds. And peppers right now are a great one to start. They take a long time to germinate. So way too early to do your tomatoes and eggplants and basil and that warm season stuff. Uh, most of it, but the peppers take a while to get going. So. Yeah, it could take three weeks just to germinate the seeds mm-hmm. unless you got a, a heat mat. But I saw some, uh, you know, I always used fluorescent lights, but now there's like all sorts of different types of lighting things. If you go to the nursery, just even a little setup for like 50 bucks where you could grow a few little seedlings if you wanted to. That's That to me is, you know, people always can get the seeds to sprout, but then they get leggy if they don't have the light they need. Sometimes mm-hmm. the south-facing window is enough, but... I would always recommend some kind of artificial light. Yeah, and they're so, uh, you know, if, if you do use like a fluorescent shop light, it's so inexpensive. What are they, 12, 15 bucks to get, uh, you know, a four foot long one? You can start a couple of flats under that, but those grow lights are even better, but some of them can be pretty expensive. But those tabletop ones are really cool where they just have the frame for the lights uh, that sits yeah. on the tabletop and then you just put the flats underneath it. So that's So that's like something we can do to, you know, Put off old man winter a little Another bit. Another thing you could do is, is go to Phipps. Uh, I just went to the orchid and tropical bonsai show, and oh man, it's great. It's absolutely wonderful. I have something coming up there actually on Friday. I'm doing my first Facebook Live. Oh, fun. They are opening um, every three years, they do a new show at uh, the Tropical Forest, and this one's all about Cuba. And so the exhibit coordinator, Jordan Molino, she went to Cuba for three weeks, and I got a, a little sneak peek of the show. But when I do this Facebook Live, the show's not going to be open yet. It doesn't open till the next day. So Friday at noon, tune into Facebook, and we're gonna you're gonna have a 15 minute uh, walkthrough of the show. Wow! There's half of a, like a 1940 Chevy there. That's part of the show. Oh, fun! Yeah, and you can sit in it, and it's got like music playing, and there's a little Cuban cafe, and it's pretty cool. And of course, lots of plants from Cuba. Uh, it's it's an amazing show. So I'm looking forward to that. And never, that is a nice a Facebook Live. It's so. a very nice escape uh, on, <laughs> on a day like the days that we've been having, especially with the slushy weather coming today. And who knows what the weather will be like by by the time you get to that on Friday. 
Lord only knows. But uh, the other thing, other way to get a little bit of spring in your life right now is to force some branches, force some flowering branches. So we can take um, some branches of early spring blooming shrubs, things like forsythia. That's the one I usually do. Yeah. You, you can do dogwood. You can do flowering cherries. So if you have like one of those weeping cherry trees out in your front yard, um, you can do it with pussy willows. You can do it with some plum trees. Uh, and you basically bring a few branches of those um, trees or shrubs into the house and then you smash the end of their stem, the end of the cut stem with a hammer, which sort of opens up their vascular tissue there. And good therapy, too. It's a good aggression therapy. That's right. Smash the ends of the stems and then put them in a vase of um, lukewarm water or slightly warm water and change that water every couple of days. And within a week or two, depending on the particular uh, branches you're trying to force, when they're inside, they're going to flower for you. And it's lovely because by the middle of February, end of February, you'll have something flowering in the house from your garden. And what could be better than that? And then we'll be in the March and we can hear you speak. There you go. <laughs> you can hear you can hear me speak for that. But uh, and you can and you can on March third. And I want to tell you about this. I know it seems like a long way off, but it will be here before you know it. And there's a limited number of seats available in the room. But I'm going to be speaking on March third at 10 a.m. at the Fern Hollow Nature Center, which is on Glen Mitchell Road in Swickley. Um, the cost is only $10. It benefits the Clean Water Initiative and the Fern Hollow Nature Center. Um, I'm going to be talking about transitioning your yard to more organic practices. So if you're interested in, you know, converting from, um, you know, chemical-based fertilizers or pesticides into more natural practices, I'm going to be giving lots of advice and suggestions on how to do that and do it in a safe and effective way as well, plus lots of general gardening tips as well. I'd love to see you there. Again, that's March 3rd at 10 a.m., and I'll talk about it a few more times um, as that time approaches, but you do need to register for it. And you can register at uh, QVCOG, which stands for Quaker Quaker Valley Council of Governments, QVCOG.org. Or you can give them a call at 412-766-7458. And, of course, I'll have that up on my Facebook page as the time approaches as well. And when we come back, we have a listener that uh, heard the show last week. It's going to tell us all about feeding the birds around bears. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what you need to do is to give us a call, 866-391-1020. Doug and Jess need a little fan participation today. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can always listen online at kdk.com. You can send us a text message at 866-391-1020 or dollar bank instant access at kdk.com. And congratulations to Tom from Glenshaw, winner of that $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDK. All right, let me be the scene setter. So Brad from Clarion, who's a regular listener to this great radio station, and he loves Doug and Jess, was talking about feeding birds while the bears are around. And we have a gentleman now who actually wants to chime in on that. So let's say good morning to a longtime listener like Brad of this program. Big fan of these two. Here's Steve on the Organic Gardeners on KDK. Hi, Steve. Good morning. How you doing, Rob? Good. Say hi to Doug and Jess. Hi, Doug. Hi, Jess. Hey, Steve. I'm so glad that we were able to get a hold of you because you, I, you were listening to the show last week. And then you sent me a picture, which is actually up on my Facebook page, of what you do. Uh, up in Forest County, right? Uh, when to feed the birds with bear around? Uh, yes, uh, up in Forest County, and you know all the upper tier counties, uh, bears 
Um, that's like a that's like a smorgasbord for them. The, <laughs> any feeders they can find that are low enough for them, they uh, they go out of their way to uh, eat them. You know, and tear them down and beat them up and uh, destroy them to get those seeds out. Do they mostly come at night, or do they come just sort of all day long? Well, I, um, Doug has a couple pitchers. Pretty much any time. It was like any. Um, most of the, uh, you know, like even deer, it's in the mornings and it's in the evenings. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had them at seven o'clock in the evening in the in the summertime uh, coming, and then six o'clock in the morning. I think that one pitcher is probably about six o'clock in the morning, and um, they really don't care. They're, I mean, they're, that's their goal. Their goal in life is to you know, sleep and eat. <laughs> they don't I mean, do much else. For us to see a bear, it's like a scary thing. I mean, when you see a bear out in the yard, is that scary or? Or how do you react? Well, we bought this property up here in um, 2011. In the first couple ones, yes, you always got um, nervous. Uh, you went in and you got out of the way. You moved your stuff, around, you know, got out and you went back indoors, did whatever you had to. Nowadays, it's like, oh, there's another bear. And, and it's uh, you just kind of don't even think too much of it. You never want to get in the middle. The the bears you really have to watch out for, the, the young uh, male bears that have gotten kicked out of the den from the mothers, those are the ones that are roaming and kind of lower, um, do, will do anything to find food, and they're more aggressive than anything else. They're really even more aggressive than the sows with the cubs. Wow. That, that, that they're, they're the ones that can um, cause you issues if you got, you know, we're doing something. So how are you able to feed the birds with uh, all those bear roaming around? <laughs> well, it definitely was a learning curve for sure. My original, my original feeders, uh, so I do a lot of feeding. I do it here. Down, uh, we have a, uh, a family camp in Marionville up near Cook Forest. And then even at home, we have six, seven feeders out of all, almost all locations. And um, the original, like I said, it was a learning curve. I'd put my feeders out and thought not much of it. And then basically a uh, bear showed up at some point in time and just ripped them all down oh. and destroyed them. So then you put them a little higher, and you think you're all good. And then you realize that <laughs> some of the bears can climb very well. Mm-hmm. They climb up there. <laughs> Climb across the branch and grab them and just again tear them to smithereens. I had them on pulleys with strings, and that worked for a while. Too the smarter bears learned that well, if I pull this string, that that feeder bangs up against the branch, and eventually I'll rip it off and it'll fall to the ground <laughs> and I get some to eat again. <laughs> so like I said, it was quite. A, it took a couple of years to figure this all out. So I had a dead tree in the in the yard, um, but a Oh, an old cherry, not real big, probably about 16 inches in diameter or 12 inches in diameter. And I went and put wrapped metal around it, some tin, um, tin that, um, a decent thickness of tin. And that worked quite well. I had a, It was about a four-foot piece. But then at one time I did actually, and you could see the claw marks on it for the bear trying to get up to it to, <laughs> to climb up. And actually, one good bear was, um, I guess he was just perfect size. He was able to reach above the forefoot, claw in there, and then get up there so his feet could make it, his <laughs> rear hind legs could make it up. So I had to increase that. So I have a, a metal wrapped around this, you know, dead tree about uh, it's probably at least six or seven or six to eight feet high. So that, that pretty much you know, eliminated that situation. I'll still have bears come down and look at them. And then, of course, my, my, uh, I have to, I have to go and uh, fill my feeders by taking an eight foot step ladder out. Yeah, we saw actually. I, I, we were looking at the picture this morning, and and Jess was like, "Well, how does he feed him?" And I said, 
Right there. You can see the, step, the, the step ladders right there. <laughs> right. So, I'm an electrical contractor, so I'm used to ladders. That's not too big of a deal. Okay. But yeah, it's a, that's funny. I was going to say, every time you want to fill them, you got to pull that ladder out and bring it over. I thought maybe you had a pulley system there or something with them, but you do have to bring the ladder out. Yes. If you actually look on one of the other trees, you see all the the, 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 uh, the um, non-usable pulley system because that was all torn out, <laughs> again, by the bears. Tell me there, little... There's something else. Go ahead. There's something oh, else. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about what you get out of feeding the birds. It's just, you know, if you're an outdoor type person, um, you just really do enjoy it. You, um, you're hoping for different kinds. Um, you're hoping for, um, you know, the chatter, the appreciation. I mean, really, they, they, you know, in their own way, they appreciate it. I'm sure. And um, yeah, I know. Sometimes you think about it and you say, well, why am I spending all this money to go and feed birds? But it, it is to an enjoy when you have a, a uh, you know a, a different type bird come in. Uh, we have morning growth beaks that come in in the spring and in the fall, and they're a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful bird. And or you know, uh, not that the cedar waxwings eat off the off the feeders because they're not a feeder bird, but they like uh, raisins and uh, and uh, cherries, the cherry trees and whatnot. And you see them coming in, and they're sounds, and it's just a it's a pleasant experience. And then That's what do you get out of watching those bear run around your yard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something else. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, you think about it, but uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's a uh, chess match with those guys. That's right. It's a chess Steve, match. Steve, th- thanks so I much. Have... It was great great to talk to oh. you. Thanks for the information. Thanks for sharing that picture on Facebook. No problem, Doug. All right, Take Steve, care. Thanks. Bye, Thank you. Bye-bye. The only problem, it could be checkmate. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I, they don't oh, look at those bears, hopefully, like we do bunny rabbits. I, 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 I just, I never want to see one. It, no. You know, I had a friend um, that was up at, uh, oh, what is the, the park in Somerset? Where, Mount Davis. And he was with his daughter, and he was just, like, coming back down from, from Mount Davis. And then right in the middle of the trail was a black bear, you know, mm. and it just... If if you encounter one like he said, like a young male like that that would be aggressive, there's nothing you could do. You can't climb a tree. You can't outrun them. You just gotta play dead. I think that's what you're supposed to do, right? Drop yeah, to the ground and pretend how much you're playing. Dead. You'll be doing, but <laughs> cover up your head, lay yes. on your stomach, and pretend that you're dead. Oh, maybe you'll have passed out by then. You won't know what's going on, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> no wonder why I became so aggressive when my mother kicked me out. Man, I tell you that to me is one of the most. I mean, I was in La Trobe the other day and up in Ligonier, and I love it up there, but I love it from inside the car, especially when it's late at night and you see the forest. I can't imagine just being out there, you know, at a campsite by yourself, and there it is right in front of you. What do you do, you know? Yeah. You give them the salmon in your frying pan. That's what you do. <laughs> no, that, now, look, anybody that would do that, you know, like, of all the meals to make... <laughs> I would have a year's supply of McNuggets in the trunk. No, no, that's the time when you want to have the can of beans, right? Uh, open up the can of beans. The, the, you know, they well, maybe you know, not funny. be so interested you, in those. You can't outrun them. I mean, you're... you're, mm-hmm. you're yeah. But from what I have heard, though, and, you know, this is the old adage, they're more afraid of you than you are of them. I, I don't much really buy that. No, I think that's probably true, but it's just the anomaly. You know, yeah. there's always an... There's always, you know, they might miss interpret you as not being, you know, as, as prey sometimes. A threat. A threat. 
Yeah, you get between the mom and the the babies. You know, that's that's what I said. I said myself walking down the trail. And then all of a sudden, look at the left. Oh, look, two little baby bear. And then look to your right and see mommy and like. <laughs> Duck and cover. <laughs> Listen, black bear are one thing, but you think of grizzly and Kodiak and a polar bear, and you guys have always been about global warming. They were talking just the other day about how polar bears, and it would be very sad, they could be extinct sooner than later, but when you have a bear that can swim 40 miles an hour like a polar bear... I mean, even Mark Spitz ain't getting away from that bear. You know, it's something to think about. All right, listen, we only have about a minute before the break. So, Hazel, please stay where you're at. We'll get to you in a moment. But this would be a great time for you to get on the phones, fill them up, anything on your mind in the way of a uh, a gardening question. Doug and Jess would love to hear from you. You know, we are just a few weeks away from the Pittsburgh Home and Garden Show. Our good friend, uh-huh. John Sanis, are you ready for another year of that? Oh, man, I'm going to be there Twice a day during the weekdays, three times I'll be speaking, three times a day during Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. i got a lot of fun stuff planned uh, for it, all sorts of giveaways. I, I can't wait. You got... I hope you get free parking. I do. All right. That really is such a, a, a blessing when they go, you're with who? Okay, go yeah, ahead. Come on, go on in there. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you just open the door. <laughs> right, and... That's exactly right. I just walk in the back there, step up on the stage, blah, blah, blah. Will that work for me if I go, I'm with Doug Oster? Are they going to let me in like yeah, that? Yeah, you'll get a parking space on the north side next to the stadium. <laughs> All right. Over where you are. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll be right next to you. And that's okay. You never know when a football game could break out. We'll take, we'll, we'll take a break, ladies and gentlemen, and then we'll come back. Stay with us. This is the Organic Gardeners with Doug and Jess on KDK. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, Kemp Caller wins a $25 gift certificate from Janowski's Route 30 in Clinton. And, of course, that big Valentine's Day buffet just around a bit at the Old Country Restaurant. It's uh, a uh, 412-922-1020. Three quick text messages and then write to Hazel in El- uh, Emsworth. Uh, good morning, Jess and Doug. Too early to start cutting my blueberry plants back. Yes, ah. if you're going to be uh, pruning your blueberry shrubs anytime in February or early March is a great time to do it. I usually do mine... Um, you know, between snowfalls. So uh, I try to time it that way. But yeah, February is a great time to do prune your blueberries because you can see the bones and the structure of the plant and you know, really make some pruning, smart cuts. Pruning in general, you know, yep. certain things we don't prune, you know. This time of year. Yeah, yeah. because you don't want to cut off the, the, the flowers. But this is a good time to start pruning, that's for sure. Next one. Why do I have so few chickadees this year? You know, I've I've heard all sorts of stuff. I've heard people have lots of birds. I've heard that people don't have as many birds. I think it's it. I don't think there's anything going on. I've got plenty of chickadees. It's just your little area there. Something might be might be up, or you might not be seeing them at the right time. I haven't heard anything you know specific about birds in general, but I have had lots of questions. And when I do post them on Facebook, I get lots of people reacting saying. I've got tons of birds, and I haven't noticed anything at my feeder, at least. All right, Mexican sunflowers. Uh, yes. Can you, can you buy the plants, and do you have to start them from seeds? What's their generic name, and are they annuals? Uh, so that's Tithonia, Mexican sunflower. That's Jessica, and I love mm-hmm. that plant. I am going to grow one this year called uh, Yellow Torch. Torch is the, the one that is probably the most common, would you say? Yep, yep. Uh, it grows 6 to 16 feet tall with 3-inch orange blossoms, and a pollinator magnet. Oh, my gosh. There are more butterflies on my tithonia than there are on 
almost any other plant in my garden. I mean, even more than when I had a butterfly bush, they would not even bother with the butterfly bush when there was tithonia around. Like, they just love this so, plant. So I have found them occasionally as plants. Um, and the only place I ever found them was, was Han. And I haven't found them in the last couple of years. So I've always started from seed. You know, it's a quick-growing plant. Uh, mm-hmm. To give you a good example, last year I planted seeds in the greenhouse, got them going. You know, you could you could direct sow them also in, in May. And then I gave Jess some plants mm-hmm. and she planted them. And mine just sat in the greenhouse for like till July or something. You know, I just never got, got them in the ground. Guilty, guilty. And so then I, I put them out there in July and I had... They just went crazy. Yeah. You know, this is just something that doesn't need a lot from us. Uh, beautiful plant, easy to grow. You don't have to stake it, which I love, and it's multi-branched, and it just is great and structure. And you, you can find them as seeds uh, in the uh, the Lake Valley rack. You know, a lot of uh, nurseries uh, and garden centers carry Lake Valley seeds, and Tithonia is actually in the rack. So um, if it was me, I would want to start them like as an indoor plant, like you would start a tomato, you know, mm-hmm. April 1st, under lights, in my case, in a greenhouse, and then have them about four to six weeks old and then put them in the ground in May. And then they're, they're you know, relatively late bloomers, midsummer, early summer, midsummer bloomer. But then, man, they are a star. And they bloom all the way through frost, pretty right. much nonstop. Actually, all the way to... You know, they're half-hearty, so mm-hmm. get, to, get you to October. Hey, congratulations, Dana, from Morningside, winner of that gift certificate from Janoski's. As promised, here's Hazel. Hey, Hazel, good morning. Welcome to KDK. Morning. I have a question about citrus plants. We have two dwarf citrus, and uh, the sign faded, so we can't tell which one is the lemon and which is the lime. The one has a little bit thorny branch. Uh, is there a way to tell the difference? Hmm. Ah, that's a very good question. Um, one, you know, one's a lemon and one's a lime. One has thorny. Like usually with the thorny branches, I often think of like um, those little kumquats. They have thorns on their branches. Um, yeah, I don't know. Other than waiting for that fruit to develop, I don't know if there's any clear, distinctive way to be able to tell the difference between the two of them. Have you got them to bloom? Uh, yes, the one did bloom, and we did get lemons on it. So we assume that the other one may be a lime. Yeah, yeah. I did, so, but you, so you don't know for sure that you had one lemon and one lime. Yeah, we did. Okay, okay. Well, then well, actually, we had three. We had. Uh, I think one was a blood orange. Okay. 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 Well, that's cool, though, that you got lemons on them. That's really amazing. My mom has a Meyer lemon that she grows, and she usually gets a bunch of Meyer lemons on them. And uh, it's really neat to say, you know, right here in Pittsburgh that you can grow your own citrus in a a pot on the patio. Oh, they're amazing. Yeah. Are yours, Hazel, do you get, do you get, did you get a lot of lemons on yours or just a couple? I think he got eight lemons. Wow. That's great. Good. And they're like, for me, you know, I love the fact that you can grow citrus, but. Also, the plants are amazing because their flowers have the uh, most incredible the fragrance. Yeah. I mean, just knock your socks off. Were they blooming when they were outside on your patio, or did they flower indoors for you? Uh, they bloomed indoors. Indoors, nice. yeah, which is even better because then you get to really enjoy that fragrance inside the home, which is just incredible. So you must have a, a perfect, happy place for them to be in the winter for them to perform so well and then let's, a nice place outside. Let's hope that other plant gets some flowers on it, and then we'll know if it's a blood orange, a lime, a lemon, or, or something else. Or <laughs> something else. Thanks, Hazel.
All right. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. All right. Let's take one more call before the break. Let's go to Brad, our friend in Clarion. More about hey, Brad. The Bears. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? The Bears. Uh, that's good. I wanted to tell you another story about Bears. <clears throat> I heard the guy on the uh, air there. and uh, One time, it was a Sunday morning like this, and I heard a knock on my door, and I went and opened the door, and here was a fireman. And here there was a fire burning, oh, about a couple miles from my house, way back way back in the woods. A really rough country back there, and uh, said there was a fire burning and they needed help. So I volunteered to go with them. And uh, they put a backpack on my back with water. And we were uh, fighting the fire and spraying water around. And one of the firemen got, got our attention and said, hey, there's a bear down there. And he's really mad. It was a mother bear, huge bear, and up in the way up in the tree was two cubs. Aww. And she was really mad about that fire, and nobody went near that bear. I mean, she was <laughs> three apart in oh, that area. So uh, we just avoided that area completely and let it burn. <laughs> so uh, that's a story that I'll never forget. That back way back in the day when I was a lot younger. Uh, and, good morning. Uh, good morning, sir. Um, there's a fire here. Yeah, Put right. Put this on your back. <laughs> Help us fight the fire. Oh, oh and goodness. by the way, there's a giant mad uh, female bear. <laughs> well, no liability anyway. issues there. <laughs> you are far braver than I, Brad, because if they had told me there was a fire and here, put this backpack of water on and help fight it, I would have been like over in Cleveland <laughs> in very short order. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, that's a case where you don't go near a bear. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they'll tear you apart if you get around there and they're mad about something, you know. Right. I wonder if she climbed the tree and they sort of made it through. I wonder what happened to that bear and her bear. Well, I imagine they just stayed up there. She just made them stay up there till the fire was out. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys get the fire out? Well, eventually, yeah. But uh, that that section of the fire, we just let it burn itself out, you yeah. know. <laughs> Uh, and then another thing uh, in bear season, bear are very elusive. I mean, you don't you don't find a bear very easy. They run and hide somewhere and uh, take cover. But uh, other times, you know, mostly like you said before, like somebody said that uh, they're more afraid of you than you are them, and they they, they run from you. <laughs> But uh, I've had some experiences like that, so I thought I'd call in and let you know about that incident. Yeah, that's great, Brad. Well, Thank you so that. much for Appreciate sharing. That. Yeah, good stuff, Brad. Listen, we'll take a break, come back, wrap it up with Doug and Jess. If you want to get in on the program, 866-391-1020, Bank Instant Access, KDK.com. Good morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green, the organic gardeners. News Radio 1020, KDKA. That time again, it's Mrs. Know-It-All. That's Denise Schreiber, Greenhouse Manager for Allegheny County Parks. Good morning. How are you? Uh, good. You know, I'm just looking at the snow starting to come down. I'm done with winter. I'm just done. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a little meme on Facebook. It shows a wolf, and it says, you know, the groundhog said there was six more weeks of winter, so I ate him. And I'm like, really? I hope it happens. Uh, but at any rate, uh, Mexican sunflower, Tithonia, one of the reasons you don't see it uh, in greenhouses as a rule is it does take up space, and it's got to be transplanted from a small seedling into a larger pot, 
And so that's why, you know, a lot of greenhouses can't afford to give up that space. Do you grow it much? Yes, I have. And I will tell you, the last year, you know, people were complaining. They hadn't seen the monarchs all summer. You know, we did have lousy weather last summer. But come August, you you couldn't have seen a cl- more of a cloud of monarchs on my Tithonia. They were just all over it, and they just continued until frost with it, really. It was an incredible plant. The trick with Tithonia, because it does get to be a large plant, and it will kind of get a little bit lanky, is after it gets its second set of true leaves, cut it. And it'll just really branch out and fill out. You'll have hundreds and hundreds of blooms. And the blooms stay really nice for a long time. You know, they're in, I grow the old one, you know, the orange, but it's such mm-hmm. a true orange. It's just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. especially like those first flowers. Uh, they're perfect. Yeah. They're like the pe- petals look ve- so velvety to me when, yes. you, when you see them. They really do. Because they're, 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 there are some shorter varieties. There are some, you know, there's a couple different varieties that are shorter. I've just never grown them. I've always grown the big one. And, and I told you that one time in Sewickley, I saw one that was seriously out in the full sun, plenty of, of whatever it needed, 16 feet tall. That it was it was yeah. unbelievable. Well, short is a relative term. They can still be a large plant. Right. It might right. just be four foot or five foot as opposed to six, seven, or ten foot. Right, and you bring up the pinching of that plant where you're pinching out the growing point to get it to branch, and that's actually a really good practice to do with a lot of tall, you know, annuals that get really tall, like amaranth and cosmos, and, uh, you know, even larkspur you can do that with. I love that yeah, you brought that up. with sunflowers, though. Right. Unless they're the branching type. Does it, cause yeah. it works with the branching type, but with the straight sunflowers, you'll be pinching off that potential flower. Yeah. Right. You'll right. be growing a nice stalk. Right. <laughs> nice, yeah. A nice sunflower stalk. So thank you so much, Thanks, Denise. Denise. Great advice. Excellent, as always. We always appreciate you coming on and, and giving us some extra words about favorite plants. Last call of the morning, Marianne in that great community of Verona. Good morning, Marianne. Good morning. Uh, I'd like to know what constitutes an organic garden. I'd like to change to convert my existing flower garden into an organic one so I can use it as a teaching tool for my grandchildren. Hooray! Great question. Great question. You just racked up so many bonus points in in our world. It's not even funny. That is amazing and wonderful to hear. How long have you been organic? I have been organic for, and I was, I mean, I was like a pesticide applicator and everything way back, you know, way back when. So I would say it's probably about 25, 20 years that I have been organic. So, Since somewhere in the 80s for me, and so making yep. the transition for me, at least back then, was pretty easy, you know. And it was it was just, you know, it's an epiphany. One day for me, it's like, you know, having a little kid around, and then you see this dust on the ground, and you're like, your kid's walking in this dust. Through the pesticide. Forget it. Yeah, you know? exactly. I right. went cold turkey, just, yep. you know, not using any chemicals at all in the garden. Uh, but it's not just about those pesticides. And I think that's what a lot of people think that being organic just means that you don't use pesticides, right? But being organic, it really starts with your soil and the way that you care for your soil. And that instead of using um, that blue chemical fertilizer, you know, or and and sprinkling, you know, a bunch of 10-10-10 around your garden that was synthesized in a laboratory, instead of doing that, it's turning to natural fertilizers that are based on, you know, um, ingredients that, that are naturally derived derived so it doesn't necessarily have to be a truckload of cow manure it can be a bag of granular fertilizer that's based on organic materials like 
dehydrated manure and uh, bone meal and alfalfa meal. And, and you can read the labels at a garden center, just like you should read them at the grocery store. Um, so for me, it's really about starting with that soil and making sure that you have healthy soil so that you can grow healthier, more pest-resistant plants. And, and besides, you know, not using chemical pesticides, not using any chemicals at all in the in the, the yard, uh, including herbicides, anything like that. And you'd be surprised how easy it is because nature sets up a balance. You know, when you're fighting against nature, when you're just putting like a broad-spectrum pesticide down – you know, Jessica is the queen of the good bugs. You're killing the bad bugs and the good bugs. Nature sets up a really good balance when you're not messing with them, when you're working with nature. So like Jess says, it, the number one thing is improving the soil with something natural, compost or, or organic. And then uh, after that, a lot of it takes care of itself. And what's great is that all this organic Anything organic is available now at garden centers, and any problem that you ever have, you can deal with organically instead of reaching for chemicals. Right, and our, that's where our, our um, you know, uh, sponsors and, um, you know, these good local nurseries can help. We can help if you have questions as the process is happening. Don't forget to call us on a Sunday morning. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. This is Radio 1020 KDKA. All right, before we get ready for the news at 8, time for Doug and Jess to say goodbye. Guys, I will be doing my first ever Facebook Live 12 noon on Friday, showing you a sneak peek of the new Tropical Forest Cuba. Just go to the Everybody Gardens Facebook page, and I'm moving into the 20th century doing a Facebook Live. Imagine that. They are a lot of fun. Yeah, be 15, fun. 15 minutes. Uh, the audio is going to be nice, and I uh, got a guy filming it, and we're going to walk through that show, and, and I think you're going to be amazed by, by what's there. It's not your first Facebook Live. We did a Davy Tree Facebook Live oh, that's from right. uh, Buffalo, it's New a, York my last My first year. Facebook Live with just me. On your own. Solo. I'm yeah. flying solo. I know you can handle the technical parts. I'm on my own <laughs> all alone no you have no idea what it's like being on your own <laughs> all right on that note remember <laughs> the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden and a safer less lonely place to live t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.